Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome to our podcast coven. We're back in your ear holes. We are. So nice. Well, I'm back. I feel like it's been ages since I've done a witch episode. Yeah. We've had so many interviews lately Mm. and it's been awesome. It has. Um, But it is lovely to be back here with you. Yeah. So we've only got a couple more episodes left, right? Yeah. This one and we've got something a little bit special up our sleeves for New Year's. Bit of magic. Yeah. Yes, a little bit of magic to finish off season one, which is very exciting. So what are we going to do today? Today, I thought we would talk about Letha because today is actually Midsummer's Eve and tomorrow is Summer Solstice. I love Midsummer Eve. It's like from Shakespeare. It is. It is. Midsummer Night. I do remember actually going to watch... A Midsummer Night's Dream, yes. Mm. I watched that in the Royal Botanical Gardens when I was in Year 12 studying drama and it was beautiful. Aww, I did too and I went and watched it there. Actually, mm, I don't even know where it was. It was somewhere in the city um, outside um, when Harley was a baby. I took Matt to watch it. Aww. A friend of ours, um, her boyfriend at the time, um, Oh, God, I don't remember which character he was playing, but he was one of the main characters in the play. So we went and watched it in the garden. It was beautiful. Oh, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. It's such a good, it's a good play. So, Full of fairies and fae. Yeah, it's beautiful. So tell me about Letha. So Letha is the longest day of the year. And it's an intensely like joyous time full of light and celebration. So it's the peak of summer's energy. So for us here in the Southern Hemisphere, it happens usually between the 20th and the 23rd of December. And this year it's happening tomorrow on the 22nd. And Letha is a turning point where the days will start to become shorter as we head back into the darker part of the wheel of the year. So... This is a time we honour the sun at its peak, ask for healing, illumination and one last joyful summer festival before we dip back into the cooler months ahead. It really doesn't feel like it though because this, like, I mean, we're only three weeks into summer really in Australia but um, it just doesn't feel like summer. No, we've had a really wet, cold Mm -hmm. start, haven't we? Like I was wearing a jumper last week. It's crazy. Yeah, I had socks on and slippers and tracksuit, everything. (laughs) <laughs> so maybe it's like well, yeah. maybe maybe this Letha we're gonna like just call in not just one last one but like maybe just yeah. any just <laughs> we just want to experience just a little anything. bit of summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like it's strange though that um, it's so early considering for us we're only three weeks into summer like our summer doesn't finish until the end of February. It kind of feels strange that Letha sits where it sits when. I feel like it should sit more in February than in December. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but I guess it's 
got to do with like it's literally the longest day of daylight solstice um, so like where it sits yeah, yeah the solstice yeah. yeah but I feel the same as you like for me summer doesn't really kick in until like January even February mm. it's like those really hot hot days and hot summer nights so mm. yeah bring it on Oh, gosh, yeah. Bring it on. So what are the elements that are associated with Letha? The element is fire. So Letha is all about like honouring the sun's energy and that divine masculine in all of its forms, abundance, blessings, celebration, expansion and strength. So it's that like passion Mm. from the fire. Summer's sexy time. It is sexy time. Mm. Yeah. Skin and and bodies and heat and salty air. Bit of sweat. Bit of sweat. I'm not a fan <laughs> of sweat. That's why I didn't say it. I'm like <laughs> salty water. Aka sweat. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I, you can tell that fire. I was I I knew that fire was the element for for Letha and for summertime, but I was wondering whether um, air or water could play a part in there as well, which makes sense, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Summer's prime time. It is. It is. And, okay, so I'm going to have a go at the colours then. Yeah, So are they, have a stab. Are they the fiery colours, like orange and red and yellow and blue? Yeah. Uh, not, blue not blue on my list, but... You could definitely have blue. I was just there's, there's no hard and fast rules with this. I was thinking of like the sky in summer, like what it looks. Yeah, well, our skies mm. are always amazing, aren't mm. they? They're, that real blue, blue skies. Well, yeah, you've, you've hit it right on the head. So those fire colors and also green, white, and gold makes sense. So yeah, it does. So what have you got on your altar then? For that. So for your altar, well, you can incorporate colours, crystals, uh, candles in those and also, um, yeah, things that represent fire or the masculine, the sun, those kinds of things you would have on your on your um, Letha altar. <sighs> I feel like that would be a fun, a fun altar to do because you'd be able to bring... Um, You'd be able to bring lots of things from outside in that, yes, that would represent that, like lots of greenery and yes. the white flowers and the gold, like the yellow gold flowers, sunflowers and things. Yeah, so be really abundant. Yeah, altar, that's, that's a good sure. word. It's at the peak. Yeah, like a spring altar almost. Mm. Mm. So everything in full bloom. What about crystals? Yeah, well, crystals, you can incorporate tiger's eye, bloodstone, carnelian, citrine, red jasper and clear quartz. So once again, all those fiery kind of colours mm. and uh, one that I always heavily associate with the sun is citrine. Um, it's such an energising stone that provides happiness, courage, hope and warmth. And it's also said to hold the energy of the sun and, and enhances our self-esteem, our self-expression and creativity. And citrine's also really powerful uh, revitalising stone and cleansing. And it's really good for awakening the mind, body and soul. So it's that, yeah, I'd highly recommend a bit of citrine for this time of year. Mm, and that's very connected to the solar plexus. 
Um, but yeah. the other crystals, it's interesting because I, I was wondering what you were going to say to this because the other crystals are very grounding, root chakra, lower lower chakra mm-hmm. crystals. So they would more be associated with the element of earth rather than fire. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, like, it's like the fire in your belly, though, I guess, you know, the, that fire That's in your belly I picture yeah, it. sort of sits there. And those lower chakras also are, as you know, associated with your, you know, sexuality and, mm. and fertility Very and true. all that sort of thing too. So mm. Mm. Sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Felitha, um, what, like, what kind of celebration in terms of foods? Like what are, I love it when you get to this stage of, of mm. these episodes of the Sabbath. It's like what food are we eating? <laughs> Well, all the good things. So you've got berries, cheeses, tropical fruits, fish, herbed potatoes, honey, salads, all those, yeah, really beautiful summer, summertime foods. Mm. Um, and do you do a fire? I will be, yes. We'll be doing a fire and we'll also be having a feast of all these beautiful foods probably a barbecue i dare say and sit out under the stars that's kind of our plan nice when's the next full moon uh we just had it okay we just had it on sunday yeah oh, yeah yeah okay cool because i i love to see whether these things sort of carry any of the energy um when it mm. comes to lighting these kinds of fires i would imagine that it's very potent for being able to release or set intentions Definitely. Um, okay, so what about herbs and essential oils? So your herbs and essential oils, are, you've got all flowers as well. Your daisy, which I always associate mm. with summer, sunflowers, tiger lilies, rosemary, uh, calendula, black-eyed Susan, sandalwood and frankincense. What is it, black-eyed Susan? Yeah, they're like a little flower that does have like a little black center to them. Mm, are so they orange? To, uh, I think they come in different colors, but I they are orange, and I think I could be totally talking out my ass right now, but I think they come in like a purple as well. I think I, don't I, quote I think I know that. what you're talking about. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I think they come in white too. We could be talking out about ass. <laughs> Out. <laughs> we'll let you know over on the Instagram. We will. We will. Um, so do you like, so in winter and stuff, like there's teas and things like that. Do you add, like, do you do, um, like, you know, how you can add like lemon to water and things like that. Do you do yeah. like waters in summer, like with different, herbs and things mm, with different herbs yeah sure do one of my favorites uh has mint in it some crushed lime i was just gonna a bit say of tequila. <laughs> damn it you stole my joke <laughs> uh, exactly. you tell we're so into like a holiday uh-huh. moment hey <laughs> yeah you read my mind and i read your mind i think <laughs> mojitos <laughs> Um, okay, cool. And what are your favorites in summer? Like in oh. terms of the essential oils and things. Cause like I've got going through, like yeah. now that we've come like the year, I've noticed that, um, that 
I think, like, is it frankincense that is in most of them as well? Like, frankincense yeah. seems to be in a lot of them, and that's my all-time favourite oil. I do love frankincense, yeah. Mm. I find I've been doing frankincense with, like, wild orange and lemongrass. Mm. It's a... That's a really nice blend. Well, I'm a bit hit and miss Having with lemongrass. I think I overboard it on it a while ago when I first started with doTERRA oils. Like I think I went overboard. And so now I use it <laughs> as a cleaner. Like I put it in all my cleaning products. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'm a little bit, um, a bit over it. Like when I smell it, it's just a bit sickly. Yeah. You know what's really nice also is adding a bit of cedar wood. Oh, I love it. cedar wood. Yeah. Oh, I love it too. Especially yep. at and Christmas time. It just gives time. it that earthiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, I just bought Good a candle stuff. the other day that is a cedar wood and, oh, cedar wood and, oh no, maybe it's not cedar, maybe it's pine. It was a Christmas candle, like a natural Christmas yeah. candle smell, and it's so good. It's like, it reminds oh, me of when yum. I was little and my Auntie Terry used to always have a like a real pine Christmas tree and yeah, you just yeah. you walk in and her with her house was massive and the whole house just smelt like pine tree like it just the best smell Beautiful. best so back to the altar then what kind of um symbols are we going to put on our altar yeah well you can incorporate symbols for the sun so any like little uh statues or yeah, citrine or even like oracle cards, tar- even the tarot card of the sun, those kinds mm-hmm. of things to represent. Um, swords, bees, and also the phoenix is a good one to have uh, represented at this time of year as well. Why swords? Well, swords are associated with that masculine energy hmm. and fire. I thought yeah. swords were air. Mm, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Well, you could, they could, as I said, no hard and fast rules. Yeah, they can, true. If, if you see them as air, they're air. Uh, and I suppose <laughs> it's what they, it's just, yeah, it's what it represents to you. It is. That's the beauty of witchcraft, I think. Yeah. It's, it's what you, the energy you put into mm. it and the intention behind that symbol. Yeah. It's like fire with setting mm. intentions. I know so many people who will not set their intentions on fire because they see fire mm-hmm. as only cleanse. And I'm like... I okay. I see it as cleanse with the intention, but I also see it as like setting this on fire, like lighting a fire under it and putting a fire in your belly and like giving it fuel yeah. and adding fuel to the fire kind of thing. But yeah, it's the same element, but it's using it interchangeably for whatever your intention is. Yeah, so true. Hmm. That's a beautiful way to look at it. So which deities are we going to put onto our, onto our altar? So you can Odin? put the oak and holly. Mm, oh, I actually am not sure about Odin. Isn't he the sun god? But once again, if you're vibing with Odin. I didn't think Odin was the sun god. I thought in Norse mythology there is one called Sol. It's female and she's the sun goddess. There is Sol, yep. Yeah. Yep. And her brother is the moon god, which always spins me out because in every other mythology it's usually a masculine entity and then the female the, for the moon. The sun and a female. Yeah, yeah. But I've got here um, the Oak and Holly Kings. They're Celtic. Uh, you've got Ra, which is an Egyptian uh, sun god. Vesta, that's Roman. And, oh, and I've got Sol here too, the Norse goddess. And Odysseus? Od, 
Odysseys, Odysseys. That's um. Yeah. That might be the one that I was Odyssey. Sun god Odyssey. Oh, okay. I think it's not Odin. Oh. It's Odyssey. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, there's so many that represent the sun. You could knock yourself out mm. on that research. It's. I love it. Mm. That feels like a very um sexy altar. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Some sun gods up there. Yeah, I love it. And all their power and glory. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so if we're going to go back into ancient times and traditional times, what kind of celebrations would mm-hmm. we be seeing around this time aside from the, um, like what you said at the beginning in terms of like, you know, celebrating and calling in one more last kind of hurrah for summer? Yeah. Well, bonfires, feasting, and it's really a time to like illuminate everything you're grateful for from the peak of the harvest and the season mm. so yeah it's time just to gather with community and and relish celebrate. relish in yeah. yeah I love that because that's how that's how I kind of feel about summer anyway like springtime for me is mm. um the time of action doing alive lots of forward energy moving momentum creation and then summer is sit back and ride the wave that you know, you've, yep. you've created in the last season and it's about um, breathing in deep and taking time to um, enjoy and it's like the opposite of winter. It's like doing the same thing as winter, which is rest, but rest in a way of, um, of in doing. Like it's not resting, mm. doing nothing. It's resting inside of the things that you love and um, enjoying and, and the, the fullness of it and the abundance of it. And recognizing yeah. what you've done in that year since the last time the solstice came. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm. I find it's very much a time of that for me as well. And I always try and have time off work in January just to yeah, enjoy with family and friends and catch up with people and yeah, have some free days where you just go to the beach and have barbecues and celebrate. We're lucky in that regard in Australia that. Yeah, our summer holidays, the longest holidays we have are in that time. It's awesome. Mm. It always confuses me with my American clients and and even my um, UK clients how their school, like their school starts in the middle of our winter kind of thing. Yeah. And in our summer they don't have holidays. Yeah. Like (laughs) they have their Christmas and it's like... It's so weird. Like you, you have like this big break with no real big celebration in the middle of it. And then you have the biggest celebration, which is Christmas and Thanksgiving when there's no holiday. Yep. Bizarre. (laughs) I guess they enjoy their summers, which for us would be the middle of winter. Yeah. Yeah. Such a spin out. Um, It is. I think I've asked you this before, but I forget. Which is your favorite Sabbath? Oh gosh. I've, I do really love Samhain. I just can't right. shake Samhain. Yep. It's just, it's a really deep one for me and, yeah, I just love it. Yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Yep. <laughs> mm. I, I do love them all, but if I had to pick a favourite. Yeah, it's funny because I think about you with Lisa and I'm just like, no, you're a fish, you're a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> The sun and the sand and just being outside in your garden. Yeah. I feel like you're in your element almost 
every cycle that we go through, I see so much of it in you, which is just beautiful to notice as we're going through this. Um, so Aww. what kind of um, rituals can you recommend for our listeners if they've never celebrated Letha before? Um, what mm-hmm. kind of things, aside from the foods and, and dressing their altar and maybe um, collecting some crystals and incorporating some herbs and essential oils, what kind of ritual are we thinking to do for Letha? Yeah, well, you can start tonight on Midsummer's Eve and it's an evening of joy and mischief when the fae folk are said to be very active. So you can leave traditional offerings in your garden for the fairies of strawberries, milk and honey. And it's also a great night for divination. So if you want to get your oracle cards out or, you know, do some channeling or that kind of thing, tonight is the night. And also tomorrow morning, if you can, rise at dawn uh, to light a candle and watch the sunrise. That's a really beautiful way to start off the day. And soak in as much of the light as you can tomorrow, which is the longest day of the year. And then when the sun is at its full power, so around midday, go out and pick some small bundles of herbs or flowers and look for plants that are like the colours of the sun, so yellow, orange and red, and they're associated with the fire element or plants that are visited by birds and bees as they're associated with nourishment and healing, or plants that have widespread roots or spread quickly and they're associated with strength and vigour. And oh, you can also get plants that are strongly affect the senses, such as a spicy taste or a strong scent, and these are associated with living life to the fullest. So you pick those leaves and petals from the stems of everything you've gathered and place them in a jar or even better, like a a bowl that's gold or those kind of sun colours. And at your midsummer bonfire, you can cast these herbs into the flames as you petition blessings. So you can say something like, protect my home, while you, you know, throw a beautiful handful of these herbs and flowers onto the fire, or bless my family. And if you would like to offer a handful to a particular deity that you may um, patron, you can say, I offer this to x in gratitude for the abundance you provide or the protection you provide so it's a really beautiful way to incorporate a a bit of ritual into your fire oh i love that and it sounds like because it's it's school holidays so it sounds like something that if you've got little ones at home get them out with you and collect some posies just take a basket and get them to be a part of that and because it's a very like you said yeah it's very you know mischievous and fairy and it's such a childlike energy at this time it is. It really, really is. So, yeah, get out there. Get out there in nature, get in the bush or get in the garden. Yeah, it'd be perfect. It sounds like fun for everyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> My eight-year-old, she, it's like, unless I'm picking flowers on Roblox, then I will not be picking flowers. <laughs> that's her right now. Oh. I think that's just a... I think it's just a byproduct of lockdown for so long. Yeah. It's just, it's hard yep. to get back into it. And now things are starting to get back into normality for us over here. And um, hopefully she, her spirit will be back. Hopefully, hopefully we can yeah. get it back through the summer. My aim is to just, I'm sure it will. yeah, just to be outside as much as possible. And maybe we accidentally lose the iPod, like can't find it, don't know yeah. where it's gone. <laughs> Or maybe the fairies take it tonight. Oh, and maybe Santa <laughs> doesn't yeah, bring it back. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Easter Bunny took all of my kids' dummies. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, ours went with either Santa or an Easter bunny. Yeah, it was, it was a good well, one. Well, this is a bit of a, an offshoot story for you. So talking about that, we went away to the Easter once where um, and we were away for the Easter and Harley was... Uh, We just had Luca, so Harley was two, and the deal was that when his baby brother came, that that was time to give the dummies to the baby brother because you're the big brother now, Mm -hmm. so the baby brother needs the dummy and you don't. But no, he would all, at night, like sleep time, (laughs) he would always need a dummy. He didn't need it any other time, but still at sleep time. So we were doing some weaning. So we went away for Easter. We actually, we were living in Sydney then, and we came up here to the coast. And we went away for Easter, and we stayed at this place, and the Easter bunny took the dummy away, and then... The year later, we went back to the same place and that damn kid ran around and we're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking for my num num. He remembered remembered that the Easter bunny had taken it and he was just like, the Easter bunny would have had to have like hid it somewhere or left it here. Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) They're not silly, are they? (laughs) You think that their memories are just not going to work, but it's interesting what, what triggers your memory. Anyway, that's my little story. Do you have one of Shannon's beautiful stories today? I do, I do. So I thought I would go into the mythology uh, around the story of the Holy King and the Oak King. Yes, please. So I don't know if you know much about them. I know nothing about them. Yay! Everyone, I love that. Settle in. Settle in for one of get your mojito. Get your mojito and settle in for one of one of Shannon's summer solstice stories. So, in some Wiccan traditions, the Oak King and the Holy King are seen as dual aspects of the Horned God. So each of these twin aspects rules for half of the year and battles for the favour of the goddess and then retires to nurse his wounds for the next six months until it's time for him to reign against once more. So often these two entities are portrayed in a very familiar way. So the Holy King frequently appears as a woodsy version of Santa Claus. He dresses in red, wears a sprig of holly in his tangled hair and is sometimes depicted as driving a team of eight stags. And the Oak King is portrayed as a fertility god and occasionally appears as the green man or as a lord of the forest. And there are many versions of this Celtic mythology. An Irish one that caught my eye is that the dark Holy King is disguised as a wren and his twin, the light Oak King, disguises himself as a robin. And the story goes that every year at winter and summer solstices, these two fight for dominance. These brothers are actually two parts of the same thing, the waxing and the waning of the yearly cycles of the earth. The Holy King represents darkness, decay and destruction. However, he also represents inner knowledge and mysteries that come from time in the dark. The Oak King, on the other hand, represents light, growth and expansion. And these two mighty kings fight a symbolic battle to win the crown of the year. At Yule, when the Oak King wins, and at Midsummer, when the Holy King wins. To the early Celts, trees, especially the Oak Tree, were considered sacred. Oak trees are deciduous, meaning that they go into a dormant state during the winter months. Tree worship has always played a huge role in midsummer festivities. Traditionally, trees near wells and fountains would be decorated with coloured cloths. The Oak King, who rules the waxing of the year, represents strength, courage and endurance. The Celtic name for Oak is Dior, which means doorway. At this time of year, we are crossing the threshold, entering the doorway into the second waning part of the year. 
Mistletoe is also highly revered by the Druids. It's regarded as particularly potent when it grows on an oak, the noblest of trees, growing between the worlds of heaven and earth. Although it's more commonly associated with Yule and winter solstice, so you think about all the Christmas decorations and wreaths of holly, it was often gathered ceremonially at midsummer when it's regarded as being at the height of its power. As the cold weather approaches and the oak trees lose their foliage, the holly trees, which had been hidden amid the leafy oaks, now stand out in their full beauty in the barren landscape. At midwinter, it seems that the holly king had won and his brother, the mighty oak king, now stood naked in defeat. But the holly king did not really win the battle because as the sun begins to return once again, the oak king rallies and begins to re-establish his supremacy even though it won't be until midsummer when the oaks will once again be in full foliage. The battle continues at mid- midsummer and the oak king appears to win, overshadowing and pushing his opponent out of sight. But once again, appearances are very deceiving and as the sun begins to descend once more and the holy king rallies and begins to make his full appearance again. Ultimately, while these two battle all year long, they are two essential parts of the whole. Despite being enemies, without one, the other would no longer exist. A beautiful way to look at our lives. You can't have growth without dormancy and you can't have light without the dark. Oh, my gosh. I love that one. It's good, isn't oh, it? it? It's good. I love it. It's such a, yeah, it's a dark light, winter solstice, summer solstice, sun, moon. It's just, it's got so many, like it's a Gemini. <laughs> It's got yeah, and it's that constant changeover mm-hmm. of and giving in and one over. being dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. and yeah, I found it was really beautiful. I know someone whose name—it's a female. Her name is Robin Wren. Oh wow! I know. I wonder if Robin. Yeah, Wren. She's, so she's she's older. Like she'd probably be in her late sixties now. Like she was a, a, not my real yeah. auntie, but she was someone that we would call aunt when we saw her. Um, and I wonder whether or not, like, her parents named her knowing that. I don't know, because they were, mm, I'm pretty sure they would have come from Celtic roots. Now thinking back, like, to, to yeah. that family, I'm pretty sure. So I wonder whether that was from that story. Wow. I wonder. Mm. That is very cool. Well, that's a beautiful mythology story there for our listeners. I love your mythology stories. So, is it time? It is time. <laughs> it's divine time. <laughs> what is it? Woohoo! <laughs> what is it? Don't leave us hanging. Oh, sorry. I'm just like sitting here waiting for you. (laughs) I'm in holiday mode. It is elderflower. So do you know much about elderflower? Mm, Not really. I I need to learn more. Yeah. Well, I have a little elderflower tree. She's only two and she sits outside my studio. And after doing, like I knew a lot about it, but I really always love to delve for the podcast and know more. And after learning what I know, I, I just love her even more. Aww. So well, tell us. I'm looking forward to sharing this one. So the elderflower plant is steeped in ancient magic, mythology and legend and is native to Great Britain and Ireland. In summer, elder produces flat-topped bunches of fragrant clusters of little, petite, creamy white flowers. 
which can vary from a few sprigs to the size of a large dinner plate. These then develop into bunches of shiny blackberries that are rich in vitamin C and a valuable remedy for colds. But please note, listeners, that the berries are poisonous if you eat them raw. And an old saying in English is, the English summer begins with elderflowers and ends with elderberries. In the Celtic lunar calendar, the Yogam calendar, which designates a tree and a letter to each month. Elder is the tree of the 13th month and is known as Ruis and signifies the letter R. Elder brings a message of transformation, change and spiritual renewal. Elder is also intimately connected with magic. The Elder Mother or Earth Mother, also known as Hildimoa, lived in the tree and watched over it. If an elder chose to grow in your garden, it meant that the mother had chosen to protect you and you must not cut it down and never take a part of it without permission and most certainly never burn it. It was also cultivated in gardens for the same reasons. It was considered powerful magic and powerful medicine. Elder is a tree with many contradictions. According to herbal author Jeffrey Grigson, it grows like a weed. It does not live, in, live to a great age. It stinks, yet it produces sweet-smelling flowers. It makes effective medicine and poor timber. It is neither bush nor tree, neither bad nor entirely good. Elder has been used to create magical amulets, yet was prohibited for creating cradles, burning and boat making, and said to be bad luck to bring the flowers indoors, much like hawthorn. Yet green elder branches were buried in a grave to protect it from evil spirits. Like many other materials with ritual power, it had to be carefully handled. To burn elder wood brought death and disaster and raised the devil. It was never used as firewood or burned by hedges after it had been cut. If elder twigs were added to a fire, it showed its displeasure by making the flames go out. In North Staffordshire, to burn elder brings the old boy to the top of the chimney the old boy being the devil. Food cooked over an elderwood fire, should you be foolish enough to light one, would never be fit to eat. Sitting under or more riskily sleeping under an elder tree at midsummer was said to enable you to see the fairies. The danger of doing this was being transported into the underworld and not being able to escape. Elder is heavily associated with the queen of the fae, who is the guardian of the underworld where fairies and spirits of the dead reside. Elder trees were planted by houses to protect them from lightning and evil spirits and were said to prom promote fertility. Elder was often planted in graveyards. A flourishing tree showed that the dead were happy and, more importantly, would not haunt anyone. Elder has also been used medicinally for hundreds of years and it continues to play a part in modern herbal medicine today. The berries and flowers are the safest parts of the tree to use. The bark can be highly purgative and the leaves toxic in the wrong dosage. Modern research in recent years has corroborated elder's reputation as a flu remedy, revealing that the component in elderberries surrounds the flu virus and stops it invading our cells while boosting the immune system. The berries are also a good source of vitamin C, but once again, please never eat the berries raw. And that is... The elder flowers, the elder tree. That's a lot. She's a she's a complicated it one, isn't she? Is. I know, I know. She's deep. She's got lots of elements, that's for sure. I think a lot like of actual healing do. the body and Yeah, they do. Mm. They do. And it's interesting in terms of like how a plant can produce 
flowers and a berry and leaves and like stems and branches and things and each part of it can be used for different things or not used and and yeah very differently everything that mother nature brings and and gives um can be used you just gotta just gotta learn have the knowledge yeah Another little fun fact I found out as well while doing my research is elder doesn't normally grow in, in the highlands of Scotland, but it was used, um, you know, like Harris Tweed? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, well, Harris Tweed's quite a iconic. Um, oh, Tweed. It's a, yeah, I yes, you said Harris Tweed, tweed in, in like, Scotland. I didn't know you were on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I am not on Twitter. <laughs> Yes, Harris Tweed, uh, when they traditionally made that, it was a lot of the colours they got from Elder. So they got like the blacks and blues and purples mm-hmm. from the berries and they got um, like the greens and stuff, I think that was from the bark and I don't know, they used wow. the plant in different ways to get the different colours for the Harris Tweed, which I thought was really interesting. That's very so, cool. So, yeah. They don't let anything go to waste. Yes. No. I guess it's no. not even about like not letting it go to waste but it's about like that wouldn't even be a mentality really it would just be that this is what we've got and we make things from what we have and it's not about any waste yeah like that's that's probably not even a concept wastage it's just this is what you have and this is what you use because that's what you do hey something you said inside of that too the 13th month is that like a harry potter nine and three quarters platform thing (laughs) <laughs> what is that 13th month? it's the traditional celtic calendar mm-hmm. so i think we will have to do an episode on the podcast about that because it talks about like each month uh, has a tree a particular tree that they um worshipped and yeah it's so interesting so we'll definitely have to delve into that one more yes please because so the elders are part of my that mind went... so they're like sacred woods sacred timber yeah because yeah. my mind went straight to nine and three quarters and I was like, oh, <laughs> is this like a Narnia cupboard, a platform nine and three quarters? What is going on? Love it. I really found the um, part about the graves, how they use elder to ward off evil spirits yeah. and have the tree in the graveyard. No and No hauntings. A happy tree meant happy spirits. I can see so you coming cool. to like a, um, like a turns out it's haunted investigation with elder flower in your back pocket and not telling anyone. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it was a really quiet and night. And all through tonight. my hair. <laughs> really quiet night. No, I'm just going to wear a wreath of yeah. it. <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, Shannon brought the elder. <laughs> Ruin it for everybody. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much, Shan. As always, um, you're just full of all the good stuff. And um, we couldn't have done this year without you, literally, because you are the resident witch at the Turns Out Network. (laughs) (laughs) It's been my pleasure. I've loved it. I've loved delving into everything more deeply and sharing it. And, yeah, the feedback we've had from everyone's been amazing. I'm just so excited about how well it's been received and... Yeah, it's it's awesome and I can't wait for 2022. We've got so much good stuff lined up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to, to do this with you and to see the love that you are getting from the podcast as well and just to see you own it and take it and 
make it your own because there's so many things out there and I just love how genuine you are and how authentic you are with what you do and who you are and how you do it. Um, and our listeners are so lucky to have you in their ear holes every week. <laughs> but Aww, thank you. it is time for you to have a very, very well-deserved break. We've got a little surprise coming up, but it's time for you to have a very well-deserved break and um, really just take a deep breath and and take in your first season of Turns Out She's a Witch completed. And that's a a pretty big fucking deal, my love. Thank you. No, it's been – I couldn't have done it without you and without Laura. It's been a wild ride. And as you know, when I first started, I, I wanted to vomit a little bit putting myself out there like this but but I can honestly say I'm really loving it I feel very blessed to um have this platform so thank Mm. you it's a little bit like surfing isn't it it's like oh I'm scared I'm scared I'm scared but then when you're on the wave it's like you don't want to get off just gotta go for it yeah you've got to keep going yeah catching more and more and more well like Shannon just said we do have big things planned for turns out she's a witch in 2022 um and we hope um you know that you enjoy our little surprise that we've got for you coming up but also that you have a wonderful uh christmas candlemas yeah yep christmas uh letha summer solstice the whole lot's all happening this week that's for sure (laughs) and if you have any um any photos or anything from your letha celebrations we would love to see them tag us on instagram turns out underscore she's a witch um and we'll give you some love back thanks everyone yes we love seeing it thank you we'll see you soon